Hi, this is Ricky, and you're listening to the Ricky Talks Podcast. It's a Monday for me, and it's usually when I'm most motivated to record an episode because a lot happens on the weekend. Happy Monday, or whatever day it is that you chose to listen in. The sun is shining and I've got the right music going. Everything's under control right now, so it's it's a vibe. <laughs> uh, some of the topics I want to talk about today are more on unpacking my attic and parents and their criticism. A little, a little, what do you call it, PDA for someone special in my life who is just doing such a great job. Um, The joys of motherhood, um, an interesting article that I saw on Pinterest, and a little bit about the, uh, about Asian representation. So with all of the organizing and purging that I did, I am left with, I say, two full boxes of clothing that no longer serves me. And I'm hoping to find new homes for these things so that they can serve others. I have a system in place when I when when this happens, and it starts with uh, asking my mom and my sister-in-law to go through the pile to to pick out anything that they want to keep. And then once that happens, I then take the remaining stuff over to Plato's closet and style encore where they uh, they also take their picks of whatever they want to take and buy off of me and then after that's done i'll then drive everything over to to goodwill or to value village i want to get into poshmark and i have a closet open there and and maybe six things that are listed but for some reason i having trouble with the UI of it. So the, the, the interface, it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I feel like it's more time consuming than me just posting something on Instagram and saying, Hey, does anyone want this? So I don't know. I'm thinking of maybe trying to squeeze in selling clothing online somewhere in there. Try again. Cause I've done this many times in different ways. Um, before I, uh, when I had, or when I hosted intimate, um, intimate events, I would include like a suitcase full of things that, that need a new home. And the small group that would attend would go ahead and, and pick things that they just wanted to take. Um, that was one way. And then another way was to invite people to advertise an event, a local event, kind of like local marketplace style maybe like a yard sale type thing but they would actually come into the house and i would set everything up on rolling racks and actually price everything and i would sell sell items that way but that was really time consuming to just get set up and um it wasn't worth the time yeah so and i've attended a few uh closet sales at people's um, condo party rooms and things like that. And clothing swaps was another really fun thing that I enjoyed. 
post, I mean, sorry, pre-pandemic and pre-motherhood when I had all this free time. But now that that doesn't exist. My question is just, how do I do this in the best way possible? And can I find a way that is worth my time? That it's hurtful. So the, the only reason I was able to get a lot of this stuff done over the weekend was with the help of my parents who came over and watched the girls while I got myself sorted out here. Um, yeah, and then once the day was over and we put the girls to bed, I asked my parents to stay for dinner and we just ordered in some, uh, some delivery and had like a really nice time just, um, oh, hi, hi, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um we we enjoyed our time together and just catching up on things and it came to a screeching halt because my parents just uh made comments about my about my body and they are saying that you're getting really big you need to exercise yeah and then they just got into it talking about what i should do to exercise what i should be eating and things like that and it just um it hurts like every time they do that and they don't realize it and i think they believe that they have the right to tell me because they're my parents and they justify it by saying that nobody else will tell you this it's tough love but it's like do you not know that i know this already because i i look at myself in the mirror every day so I know, and I don't need you to tell me. <laughs> That's been going on for a long time, and it's it, it limits my self-confidence and self-worth, and it's really tough to, to get back up each time it happens. And I don't, I don't really know how to tell them. They just can't get past what I look like. And I guess it makes them uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe how I look embarrasses them. Uh, I don't know. It's just these are a bunch of things that I ask myself. I'm trying to think of like why they care so much about what I look like and it's their justification I guess is also that they want me to be healthy and they want me to be healthy for my girls. And this is where I am so grateful for the support of my, my husband. I, uh, I told him how I felt after that conversation and all he said to me was you know let let them say what they want just as long as you stay focused on your own cause where whatever reason it is that you do something if you just stay focused on that people can t tell you anything it just doesn't matter and that's something that I have to work on and I I have to master it so on top of taking care of me and my mental well-being Um, Chris, <laughs> my, uh, my hubby, okay, <laughs> uh, can I talk now? Okay. Chris also takes care of our girls almost full time. So he works four shifts on and then four shifts he's off 
Um, and for two of those shifts that he's on, they're night shifts. So, yeah, during the day, he's still taking care of the girls. So really, it's like six days every, every like, rotation. Like, so he's pretty much on as a dad six days of the week, working for two of them during the day and then working night shifts for, for another two. So it's a lot. It's his schedule's really weird, but it's it's a lot, I think, on him. And I just wanted to just to, to recognize how amazing he is uh, at what he does for a living. Just have so much respect for him. And as a father, there really and truly is no better man to do this job this specific job than, than him because he he works so hard for them um, and what I also really really love is that he's really passionate about teaching and coaching that's just how he is by nature he loves to, to coach and and teach uh, both he's he's done at, at a school teaching um, what he does and also he teaches CPR on the side, um, and he used to coach a basketball team a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm so grateful for the for his mentality and how he thinks, because our our girls are really going to benefit from that. Growing up, they at 19 months they just started to uh, stack blocks. And it's just, it's so amazing to see how, how quickly they can pick things up if, if you just take some time out of every day, just doing doing it over and showing them. I'm not, I'm not really as good with teaching or coaching as he is, so I'm, I'm so glad that he's the one with them most of the time. Because uh, if it's me, I'm just, I'm just really just getting by with, with snacks and TV. I think I can really do better, to be honest, but man. I learn from him. I get asked um, often how how do I balance my life right now because I've had a few people tell me this where it's like you're you're a mom and I don't know how you're able to do so much you, you do so many other things and I don't know how you do it. And to answer that question, it it took a really long time getting used to a routine that works for us. I think I only started to get comfortable with with our, our lifestyle uh, maybe 15 months into into parenthood. Yeah, um, because we didn't sleep train the girls until they were 13 or 14 months old. I really pushed to sleep train them just before I started to go back to work because sleeping two, three hours a night was just not going to work for me. Once we got the sleep training down, everything else started to fall into place. And now um, things are running a lot more smoothly. And I can say that we're, we have a good routine. None of this is possible unless you have a really hard, like a good partner who's, who's also supportive and believes in, in you taking breaks for yourself. And also supportive parents. I, I know that I'm privileged to have that. Honestly, it's it's a lot of really it's a lot of taking care of myself 
and putting myself as one of my uh, top priorities. As parents, all of our time, energy, and resources go to our children. And it only makes sense to balance that out by saving a little bit of all of that for myself and for my my partner. I didn't watch the Oscars yesterday, but I saw in the headlines that uh, first Asian woman won Best Director, I think, or Best Film, and then another one, uh, another Asian woman won Best Actress, I think, for for Minari, her role in Minari. I was just trying to click back to see if that was right. But I think, yeah, I think so. And it's it's about time that Asians got recognized for 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 the work that we do and how how important it is to see this happening, especially right now with all the hate out there. I just want our our children to be able to see themselves in all these success stories and know that it's possible for them too to be able to see themselves out there and outside of their their own lived experiences they can look over and see that it's happening to someone else who looks just like them it's it's really important i didn't get that growing up i um i tried to see myself in the white people that i saw in the media and that's what i grew up with not even realizing that i was a visual minority until my early 20s or mid-20s, I think, that's when I started to realize that, oh, people do look at me differently, or people do assume that I can't speak English just by looking at me. Um, Or, yeah, people are treating me differently because of what I look like. That didn't really kick in until early adulthood, which was a really weird experience for me. Now that I'm conscious of it, I'm not even sure how how it's... uh, how it must have limited me growing up. And I, I don't want any of those limitations placed on my daughters. So I'm really, really happy to see uh, this this happening. But uh, most of all, I, I wanna see the end of Asian hate. It's, it's, uh, it's really scary just seeing what's out there and how oblivious some people are to it. Yes, and I wanted to touch on this article that I came across on Pinterest about um, cultivating meaningful friendships online. It's pretty similar to what you would do face-to-face, the the tips that they mention. Like some of them are things like um, take it slow in the beginning, um, be yourself, be smart and safe if you do decide to actually go meet this person in the flesh. But uh, I think it was just the the idea of the article itself that stuck out to me because that's kind of what I have been doing even before the pandemic hit. But I think um, one thing that the, the article didn't mention, um, and I think it's important, is to pick a handful of potential friends first and and put time into those. And that means you know, checking in with them. Not like, not like several times a day. I'm talking just saying like, 
responding to their stories or commenting on their posts. The more frequently you do it, the, the closer you get, I think, to that person. And the more that you know about that person's life or what they like, their preferences, then there's more material for you guys to talk about. And if it's even just um, saying something randomly out of the blue where you, you came across something and, and you thought of them, you know, send a link over or send, like, share the post with them. It just shows that you're you're thinking of that person or, like, you're reminded of that person throughout the day. It sounds kind of like a relationship. It's kind of like a dating game almost, right? But, yeah, I think uh, I think those are things that I do and they, they've worked really well for me. I just got back from my first vaccination. Yay! Like, I could have made it more more of a thing and more special. There was this, uh, there was this article published on BlogTO about a, a, an influencer making it kind of like a prom. So she, she rented a dress from a dress rental company and got all, got all glammed up for her shot. And then she did a quick photo shoot after, which I thought was a really nice idea, very nice um, way to celebrate something special. I'm going to get my second one um, later on in, in the summer, and I, I thought this wasn't okay, so I <laughs> freaked out a little bit, tried calling the hotline back, and it was slammed as usual. Um, and then I asked my sister-in-law, who works in scientific research and is well-versed with what's going on with the pandemic and the vaccines. Um, and she said that she reassured me that it'll be fine, even though it's gonna be longer than four weeks in between the, the two shots. There isn't enough data at this moment to, to know that it won't be effective. So I trust, I trust my sister-in-law and her judgment. So won't uh, freak out about it anymore. I had mine at a, um, a hotspot pop-up and I was able to get mine a little earlier than, than, than some because this pop-up was for the racialized community within some hotspot postal codes in Hamilton. And the staff, they were just wonderful. Everybody is so pleasant and friendly and professional. They really are the heroes in all of this. We're so lucky that these people are here for us and working in this field. I'm really thankful because I do believe that this is a privilege and we're all free to make our choices, And but I, I would rather not hear from any, any anti-vaxxers. Thanks. So the next card in the We're Not Really Strangers game uh, says, what are you still trying to prove to yourself? That is so deep. Um, <laughs> let me think about this. So some of the things that I'm trying to still prove to myself are that I am enough, that I do enough for my family and for myself. And I'm still trying to prove to myself that I deserve love. Just 
wanting that feeling of worthiness. And I think a lot of it has to do with my upbringing, my religious upbringing, where we are brought up to, to believe that we are living sacrifices, always working, you know, doing God's work, and that your ultimate goal is to is is salvation. And that is when your work ends. <laughs> so you're just constantly working away, you know, just trying to do your best. I think that has influenced everything else in my life. It's a it's it's a tough mentality, but I feel like it's taken me places that I probably would never have gone otherwise. That's it for this episode. Thank you always for listening. And if you wanted to say hello, I am on Twitter at QuietStormRicky. Until next episode.